Welcome to Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. Theorizing that one could time travel within his own lifetime, Dr. Sam Beckett stepped into the Quantum Leap Accelerator and vanished. to find himself trapped in the past, facing mirror images that were not his own, and driven by an unknown force to change history for the better. His only guide on this journey is Al, an observer from his own time, who appears in the form of a hologram that only Sam can see and hear. And so Dr. Beckett finds himself leaping from life to life, striving to put right what once went wrong and hoping each time that his next leap will be the leap home. How weep for our listeners. Good afternoon, good evening, good morning, wherever and whenever you are listening from, and thank you again for listening to us this is chain wrestling with mags and Sai. i am Sai, and with me as always he is the wrestlemania main event to my opener with the same bloke in it he is the hitman to my rocket he is the podfather himself mr mags how are we doing this week my friend yeah it's uh an interesting start to the week after watching uh AW Revolution and uh, arguably the best power in the history of, of sports entertainment. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's been fun. Obviously, when you when you say the best pyro in the history of sports entertainment, you mean Cody Rhodes' entrance, don't you? Uh, quite obviously, all, it can't all, be all the money went on that. <laughs> all the yeah. the fireworks went on that. <laughs> Oh dear. I, I've just literally finished just for a bit of context for people listening. Um I'm recording this a little bit later than normal on our usual Monday night time because uh, it's the end of we're coming to the end of the lockdowns now in the UK. So my kids went back to school today. This is the first Monday back, which my youngest daughter was quite miffed about because she's had all this time off school, all this time at home having late nights and staying in bed all day and not having to worry. And then an AEW pay-per-view is on on a Sunday night and she's told nope you've got to go back to school tomorrow so <laughs> oh, especially with it being because uh, normally they're on Saturday nights aren't they so yeah that's right yeah it was weird it being on a Sunday night yeah she wasn't overly impressed by that so I, I watched it last night live um I, I quite enjoyed the show obviously it's, it, it wasn't as good as some of the others they've put on but I, overall I, I think that the measuring stick for me is was it worth my 20 quid? Was it worth me staying up till 5 a.m.? And there was enough there for me to answer yes to both of those questions. So I, I think that's that's a decent enough pay-per-view for me. Mm-hmm. Um, when Charlie got home from school, my, my youngest, uh, she got home about half three-ish, she was desperate to watch it, so I watched it back with her. And it's quite interesting watching it back with my 11... Well, I literally just turned 11-year-old, who's wrestling mad, John Moxley obsessed, uh, uh, Young Bucks obsessed, because I was able to watch the pay-per-view 
out of one eye, but watch her reactions out of the other because I'm not concentrating too much on the show myself. Yeah. And it, it was it was great watching her react to her favorite wrestlers, the matches, the near falls during the Young Bucks match, and then the stunts and the blood and the barbed wire in the main event. It, it was fantastic. She was watching from behind her hands on one occasion. <laughs> she had her little pink um, Friends hoodie on, and she pulled the, the, the hood right up over her face at one stage when they went into the explosions. So I suppose to, to an 11-year-old, it, it had the, the desired effect, I think. Mags, how, how did you find the show, mate? Yeah, I think there was a, a hell of a lot of positives in the show. I love the... Uh, the reveal of uh, Christian Cage. Uh, I think he's been someone who, who I've always enjoyed, and and I don't think he got his proper due in WWE. Um, the, the the world title runs he got were seemingly more as a thank you to Edge more than than to to Christian. Um, so that was really good. I thought the Ethan Page reveal was was good as well. Uh, the women's uh, matches knocked it out of the park for me. I thought uh, uh, Rio. And um, Sheeta had the the match of the night, um, and even getting to the main event, I thought that was a really good match. I mean, it wasn't a death match in what I would uh, call a death match, especially the exploding barbed wire um, kind of hardcore uh, death matches. I've been doing research for a, uh, an upcoming recording of Badlands, and. I've had to watch quite a few uh, kind of uh, different iterations of death matches, and this didn't really live up to those standards. But to be fair, I didn't really expect it to because it's obviously a Western audience, uh, uh, a lot younger audience than, than perhaps those death matches are. So they had mm. to aim for that. But just, what just, and I don't want to say ruined it because I think ruined is the wrong word. But what made me laugh about it was the finish. I thought the uh, the match ended with the with the one winged angel into the chair. Uh, I thought that was a really cool finish. Then the the countdown uh, started and, and Eddie Kingston coming out covering Mox over. Thought that was a brilliantly well told kind of story that they've had a, like this love hate relationship. And then the pyro went off. Yeah, uh, and it felt like when you buy some indoor fireworks because uh, it's a bit cold outside or you've got like uh, some kids who uh, are maybe a little bit too scared to go and watch the, the, the proper fireworks. It was, it was like a fart in church. It really, really was. Uh, nothing exploded. Uh, there was no. some, there was some <laughs> sparklers from the ring post, uh, a few plumes of smoke, some massive, massive overselling from Tony Schiavone to to the point of ridiculousness, and then Eddie Kingston, God love the blog, but he sold it like he was dead, uh, like those. That those few pluffs of, of smoke from an asthmatic uh, nebulizer has knocked him clean out. It was it was just ridiculously funny. It it was just insane, wasn't it? Again, it's different different mindsets, different ages, different eyes. I guess I watched it live and went, "Oh man!" And I just felt <laughs> it, it just it's not the wind out of sails for me. And it was just oh, I was really yeah. enjoying the match up until that stage, and it was it was just you know. It felt like when you've got that bit of a bellyache and it's building up and building up and building up and you know it's going to be a massive rip-roar of a fart. Like you've had a few beers the night before or you've had a curry and you know it's going to be like one of those farts that's quite warm on the way out and it's going to come out with like real emphasis and power. And I'm thinking, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to get the wife with this, you know? 
And then when you actually do it, it's just a tiny little puff, or maybe even just a little a, a little skitter in your pants, and all you got is just crap in your pants. <laughs> you know, no no big explosion, just a little yeah. bit of crap in your pants. I, mean, I, I didn't instantly go to it felt like a fart, <laughs> I, but I get you, I get you what you mean. The way I kind of like have compared it is is if like you watch a really good film, a film that you've been properly invested in or a TV series even, uh, and you've really got into it and, and you, it's coming to the finale and you're thinking, oh, how, how is this going to end? And then you get one of those ridiculous twists and it just just takes you totally out of the story and you think, what the fuck was that bullshit? Um, it was kind of like, yeah. Well, Lost, uh, um, Game of Thrones maybe. Uh, just what, I mean... Any kind of like movie where the 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 ending just absolutely makes no sense, and you know that it's just been put there for the sake of of having a twist in it. Yeah, it just felt like that. Um, I mean, the show was good. I really enjoyed the mm. show, but I, the ending as it it's good. that's the the thing that's going to stick in my mind for a long time about it. Yeah, I saw somebody tweet out. Um the ending of this pay-per-view is going to be the, one of the most played clips on the rise and fall of AEW documentary mm-hmm. on the WWE network in 15 years time, which made, which made me giggle a little bit, you know, so, <laughs> I was, I hope it never does come to that, but I thought that, that, that was quite, quite funny. Um, yeah. sorry, Max, go on. No, I was just saying, I think you're absolutely right. Uh, Everything that I've seen on on wrestling Twitter hasn't been focused on how good the pay per view was. It's been how can we take the piss out of this ending? Um, mm. And the videos that I've seen uh, <laughs> just absolutely ripping it to bits. And then uh, AEW are, uh, are frantically taking the videos offline and and uh, and and claiming people's uh, footage for copyright. It's yeah, it's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah, there we go. Just a crazy, crazy addition to a crazy world, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've not been up to much this week, Mags, really. Standard sort of just well, coming out of lockdown, aren't we? There's not much really going on. I'd like to so watch the AEW show. That's kind of about it. Um, yeah. But I'm beginning to think that I need, I need to get out of lockdown now. I need this to happen now. Just for... Um, I know I know people talk about their their mental health and so on, but I think I'm go- I am genuinely going a bit stir crazy. I'm starting to find entertainment in things that I shouldn't. I'm starting to find I'm starting to do silly stuff just to give myself something to do. Um, and one of these things does sort of in a roundabout way. Well, it, it is triggered in a roundabout way by yourself. Oh wow! It's going to be ominous. Well. For those who who listen to uh, my other show, the, the the SJP Wrestling Podcast, I had um, Mr. Mags and his partner in crime from Badlands, Paul Tolly, on the show. Okay. Uh, we recorded a week or two ago, um, doing our ultimate Raw Rumble episode, and it, I really enjoyed it. It was a great show. I, I had a great fun talking to you two fellas. Mm-hmm. Uh, when the show came out, you do the standard, you, you, you tag everyone in it to say, okay, the show's been released by the network and have a listen and everyone share away and all that sort of stuff. But rather than sharing at Badlands Pod, which is the correct <laughs> Instagram, to, to your uh, now know show, where this is going. Yeah, rather than sharing, sharing the correct Twitter account to your show, I just said, simply shared an account that said at Badlands, which is not your show, Mags, is it? You know? <laughs> nope. Um, 
the Twitter account I linked it to at Badlands is actually an Italian fella called Marco who lives in Turin. Um, I, I deleted the tweet, put the correct Twitter in there, wanted to make sure the Badlands pod was tagged in there properly, and off we went. A bit later on, I had a few drinks in me. I was feeling a bit daft. There was nothing on the telly, and I thought, what can I do to entertain myself? I was like, I'm going to try and I'm going to try and make friends with Marco. <laughs> so using the chain wrestling account i uh, i thought well, i'll tweet marco and, and, and see how he's getting on and i had a little little look at his his recent tweets and so on um there's one that's there's there's a a, a news a news report from bloomberg stating um facebook is accused of watching instagram users through their cameras and marco his his profile picture is, is him looking very um very presentable very handsome very smiley you know very positive looking person he responds to this bloomberg article saying yes go ahead and keep sharing your happy lives and the photos of your children on instagram no worries at all little red face angry face swearing noise so marco maybe isn't as cheery and happy as he looks in his profile picture potentially there (laughs) he seems quite cross that people are having happy lives and sharing photos of their children on instagram but there we go um i thought i'd reach out so I, i said hi marco how are you I had nothing back, Max. Yeah, it's. Um, I am not surprised. He's been uh, he's been tagged in uh, quite a few Badlands posts by not only uh, us at Badlands, but from other people. Uh, and yeah, he, he doesn't uh, he doesn't acknowledge uh, Badlands. I think he, he may be ashamed of the content we put out. He may be oh, one of these kind of. It may be one of these kind of people that uh, thinks wrestling is fake and just doesn't understand why we all enjoy it. Uh, so, yeah, uh, I mean, it was cool that you, you went there and, and tried to get some interaction with uh, old Marco, but, yeah, I didn't expect him to, to to give you much. Well, I didn't stop there, Mags. Oh. Um, <laughs> again, this kind of went on for a few days. <laughs> um I, I saw, you know, obviously he's Italian and some of his tweets are in Italian. So I thought, okay, perhaps I can extend an olive branch by, by messaging him in Italian. So I used the good old Google translate and I sent, uh, bear with me. Uh, ciao, Marco. Come here. I can't read all of that, but it basically translates to hi, Marco. How are you? I'm wondering about something. Do you like American sports? Thinking that's how I can link to pro wrestling mags, you see. Mm-hmm. Um, again, Marco Marco didn't respond. Um, but then there was a retweet of his a little while after this, uh, stating there is no reason why females cannot enjoy a football match, which I thought was really kind of Marco to be that open-minded. Yep. I, I, I pass that on to all the ladies in your life, Mag. So I, I hope you'll pass that message on from Marco that it's good for them to watch football. There's no reason why they can't enjoy it just because they are ladies, obviously. I totally agree. Yeah, yeah. Well, fair play. Open-minded Marco. Good stuff. Um, he's also a Van Halen fan. Tweets Van Halen lyrics out and stuff, which I thought that's something else perhaps we can link to there. Perhaps something else we can discuss there. Because I like Van Halen, Mag. So I, like, I like rock and roll. You know, I like a bit of hard rock, a bit of heavy metal um but again no responses from marco there so i i then kind of went a bit silly um again looking at his account i can see the guy is is he, he works for different businesses he seems to be doing quite well for himself um and obviously certain people can can write money off through charitable donations or they can 
um, use their 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 well-being in life, their financial situation to aid with certain scenarios, can't they, Max? Yeah, they certainly can. So I thought, what's something that affects me? I mean, this um, is getting slightly um, stalkerish. <laughs> well, put, let's put this into context. This this is now at five to two in the morning, so you can imagine the state I'm in at this point. <laughs> I, I, I fear you may be a Marco Stan. <laughs> well, maybe I'm gonna get a Marco T-shirt. We're gonna. <laughs> Hey, I'll tell you what, actually, with his entrepreneurism, perhaps he's the guy who can fund our cream soda cologne. Perhaps mm-hmm. he's, he can be our financial backer. Perhaps. Um, anyway, You'd have I have to thought, get him to reply to you first. Well, this is it. This is, I have given up on that altogether, to be honest. But I, I, I went one step extra and I was like, OK, what can I what can I hopefully tempt Marco into a conversation with? What can I hopefully get um, at Badlands Marco on Twitter to to at least acknowledge uh, the fact that you know we're trying to get his attention to say hi and i was like okay we need something that really pulls on the heartstrings of everybody we need something that emotionally i think that you've got to have a heart of stone if it doesn't somehow resonate or somehow touch you uh, uh, and like get you right in the feels mags do you know what i mean that's something that nobody can really ignore you know yeah um so i asked marco if he's familiar with the tv show quantum leap Right, <laughs> basically saying, Doctor Sam Beckett's a really, really good man, and he's still out there, lost in time. He's a very, very good man, Marco. He has helped so many people. Can I ask you for some help? Perhaps we can work together to try and bring Doctor Beckett home. Wow. But no, no, Marco again completely blanked me. Um, which makes me then think Marco does have an absolute heart of stone. Uh, he has no feelings. Um, first of all, he's angry that people have happy lives on Instagram. Secondly, I think that the fact that he feels the need to tell women it's okay for them to like football shows that Marco is also perhaps quite a, quite a bigot, perhaps quite sexist. And then Marco, it sounds like, doesn't have a heart in his chest, Mags. Marco has a pebble. Marco has a cold Turin pebble. Um, I don't know if there's wow. a beach in Turin, but that's where the pebble's from because he doesn't show any feeling towards the struggles of Dr. Samuel Beckett caught in time. What a bastard Marco is. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, w- I would love for Sam Beckett to, to be back in his own time. Um, and Marco is a douchebag for not wanting to, to placate you on that. Um, my only concern would be that you've um, you've continually messaged uh, somebody who clearly doesn't want to interact with you for the sake of getting content for a, a podcast that he's absolutely not interested in whatsoever. Um, yeah, it's uh, is that a it's concern? Interesting. Or is that something to be admired? <laughs> I mean, why not both? I'm concerned because that you would go to those lengths, but I, I I admire the brass neck of continuing that just to just to uh, fill ten minutes of a of a podcast. It's brilliant. I, I, I think it's I think it's a high level of dedication. Uh, there. I appreciate um, your moxie, sir. <laughs> and whilst we're whilst we're finishing up on on the Marco situation, um, if he's listening, which I don't doubt for a second he is, Max, <laughs> I know he's listening. Um, fuck you, Marco. All right. <laughs> <laughs> 
you're rude. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Right. Before we get on to our wrestling topic, Max, we have Drunk Stories Part Two. Oh yes, we have. And we we should just call this the Dan Griffin section. Well, yeah, we've got a few from Dan Griffin. Um, we got uh, one from Andy from Bang Bang Podcast again. We've got an absolute fan dabby doozy story from Ari again from um, shitting in his kilt tent fame. So wow. we'll just start off very quickly with Mr. Dan Griffin. I will run through these in the order I received them. I will just read them out because obviously I don't want to uh, hold up everyone too long this evening. I appreciate people are very busy and they'll be listening to our show and thinking, God's sake, talk about some wrestling soon. So, <laughs> um, yeah, Dan Griffin at Dan Griffin 21 on Twitter. He starts off literally by saying, oh, fuck me. Here we go. Richard. <laughs> so the best way to start a story yeah um after a night out at uni one of his mates was so pissed uh i'll read it how he's typed it so it's his, it's his words so you know um i carried her over my shoulder rolled my ankle off the curb dropped her off went home went to bed ended up with ligament damage and eight months Jeez. of pain that caused me to fall down the stairs four times. I'm assuming because of the ligament damage, he, he couldn't put weight on his his leg properly. So that's that's. I mean, to be inebriated to the state where you don't realise you damage your ligaments, mm-hmm. that's that's yeah. quite that's quite a level of intoxication. I think. <laughs> I mean, it's it's a really scary story that he's he was able to even walk on on legs with ligament damage. Uh, never mind do it whilst pissed, but. My concern is that he brought way more stories to the dance this week than that, and that's yes. just kind of like the aperitif. Okay, next one. Um, started walking home after a night out. Normally it takes 25 to 45 minutes. It was snowing. Um, yeah. Needed a beer shit so badly, it actually took him two hours to walk home, simply because he couldn't shuffle more than four paces without his guts rolling, or he nearly slipping. Um, wrist hypothermia rather than shitting his pants or in a garden. Like, to me, I'm thinking, I'm crapping in someone's garden. I mean, yeah, it's it's the or at least at someone's back gate. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You, you find a nice little spot tucked away. I mean, if it is early hours of the morning, it's quite simple to find somewhere where you can have a crap and not be disturbed, I'm assuming. Yeah. I'm not an expert on this topic, I'm not I'm, I'm going to say, but, you know... I mean, the issue will be if it's snowing and you, you're shitting on a white background, you're going to stand out a little bit more than you would if it, if it was clear. But, yeah, when you need to shit, you need to shit. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, kind of linked to WrestleMania 10, I guess. Mm-hmm. This this next one. Um, at the show we're looking at today. Uh, at one house party, when he was about 18, maybe 19, they all got shit-faced, and a mate who had alopecia um, asked us to draw on his head to see what a tattoo would look like. I was quite arty and went full Bam Bam Bigelow on his bonds, in permanent marker, and he had work the next day. So that's that's, oh that's awesome. <laughs> Can you imagine? Can you absolutely imagine? You would wear a hat for all that day. 
Yeah, without a doubt, without a doubt. And I kind of hope as well, I mean, in a previous um, Drunk Stories episode, I suppose the only previous Drunk Stories episode, Dan told a tale about waking up with a great big green willy drawn on the side of his face in permanent marker. I hope that's his mate getting his own back. Yeah, absolutely, you know? it should in, be. And in if my not, mind. If not, he still deserves some payback then. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he says eighteen nineteen here. I don't know how long ago this was. Maybe he has had a... He has had his payback from his friend. Dan, if you're listening, which I, I know you will be, and I appreciate that hugely, sir. Thank you very much. Um, if you have had your payback from this friend that you bam, bam, big load, uh, let us know, mate, at chain underscore wrestling. Yeah, let us know. and We'll, uh, we'll carry on the tale. Um, bang, bang, podcast Andy. After Bristol City won promotion in the 06-07 season, went out on a 12-hour bender which ended quite badly when he vomited whilst attempting to down a flavour. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> he vomited whilst attempting to down a flaming Sambuca, which apparently led me to fire-breathing the contents of his stomach. <laughs> and he's included a little picture of um, Ricky Steamboat here doing his fire-breathing gimmick in WWF in the early 90s. Fantastic stuff. Can you imagine that? The alcohol fumes just being torched and flying out of your gob. Oh, it's it sounds it sounds horrific, and it kind of reminded me of a of a story uh, that I f- didn't mention on the first episode that that happened to me. Um, so okay, excellent. So we, uh, me and the the missus, were at a house party, uh, having a good old time, getting absolutely arsehole as you do, uh, and there were a couple of guests who were who were out in the in the backyard of this house. Uh, partaking in uh, some, let, let's just say, uh, drugs-related activity. Um, and they were basically smoking marijuana. Now, I was, uh, back then, I was not an advocate at all. It was, I mean, I was never someone who it, who it bothered, uh, but it was just not for me. Uh, but being pissed and kind of being a little bit brave and thinking, oh, <laughs> uh, I'll... Uh, I'll, I'll get on it. So they, they said, oh, do you, would, do you want some? And I went, yeah, I'll have some. Um, and they offered me, uh, which I now know is called a can pap. Uh, so basically you get a can of beer, you pork some holes in it, flatten a little section out, uh, you sprinkle your marijuana on the, the holes, lighter, get a lighter, and you suck the smoke through the can. Okay. Um, so I did this. And you instantly get that kind of uh, the the weed buzz. I don't know if you've ever partaken, but you get like the ha instant ha. I have um, I have once or twice in the past. Uh, if my mum and I are listening, um, <laughs> it was a long time ago. <laughs> and he didn't inhale. No. <laughs> well, I did inhale, and uh, and I know now that that uh, camp apps are certainly not the the best way to break yourself into the world of smoking marijuana because you're literally just getting all marijuana it's there's no nothing in there to kind of water it down no cigarettes nothing like that um so it hit me like a sledgehammer and uh being pissed and then ha um my body said fuck that shit something's gotta give so I went green, uh, like in in like the the way that that Andy spoke about that he was gonna vomit. Uh, everybody knew, 
everybody was laughing at me because uh, they, they'd planned it. It's it, or it felt like they'd planned it. Um, so I'm there holding my cheeks because yeah, this is I'm going. I got the the kind of like uh, <laughs> I got the saliva uh, bit where your body's like preparing to be sick. Yeah. So you're getting loads and loads of saliva, and I'm trying to swallow it down. I'm trying to calm myself down. Don't be sick. And then it starts coming. So I put my hand over my mouth to hold it in. And what happened was because my hand was over my mouth, it kind of looked like uh, a Bane mask almost. And four jets of vomit <laughs> going out pretty much all over this uh, this backyard. Uh, very hot, very smelly. Um, but, yeah, it's it, it was a long time. Uh, after that, that I tried weed again. Um, uh, but being a house party, I went in, swilled my mouth with a with a can, uh, wiped it off my off my off my mouth, and carried on drinking. So yeah, there was a, it was a, a happy ending to it. Fair play, fair play. <laughs> it's that one, isn't it? When you when you know you're going to puke and you're trying to just buy yourself a couple of seconds extra to get somewhere, or and so you do cover your mouth and it becomes under pressure, like. And I, I knew it was coming, uh, uh, and it was a, just a case of you're all suffering with a vomit spray. Then you set of bastards. Yeah. It's like when you put your thumb over the end of a hose pipe, sort of thing, isn't it? Yeah, just pretty spray. much. Yeah. It was pretty much oh, that. Yeah, that's so bad. <laughs> oh dear. Okay, one more to finish with. Then one more to finish with, uh, and this is from um, Dave um, Ari, one of my best mates of Tent kilt pooing himself thing um this is going back a little while um where where we lived where we grew up the local pub to dave's mum and dad's house was probably about a 15 minute walk from mine but only 100 yards from his so we used to meet there quite regularly and dave as as you've heard from other tales had a habit of getting himself in quite appalling states <laughs> um <laughs> uh going back quite a way because it says here that carlsberg was less than two pound a pint at the local and he then puts in brackets he'd rather suck off a horse now than ever look at that or drink that stuff again so it's good to see that he's upgraded from carlsberg i guess but uh, <laughs> um england were were playing um he says the euros here but i'm not sure if, it, if that's accurate i don't know can't remember exactly what game he says um he was out all day was drinking this cheap lager with his, with his mates all day watching the football um when england won for a bet when it was time for him to go home um the the dare or the bet was basically to to journey that 100 yard stretch which is i mean the the the, the, the pub in question at the time shares a car park with the local co- local co-op supermarket so it's a relatively busy area and he's crossing a pretty busy main road and then going down a little cul-de-sac to where his mum and dad lived in the bottom corner. And it's still the middle of the day. Um, basically doing it naked from the waist down, um, <sighs> screaming, England, bollocks your mum, over and over and over again until he made it into the house. He was greeted by his own mum in the hallway, who has since 
<laughs> in these these conditions a few times before um <laughs> and she decided on this occasion um the softly softly approach was the best way forward rather than just giving him an ass kicking and and telling him off and so on so he stood there bollock naked from the waist down swaying all over the place um stinking a booze uh, again like i said it's sort of, I, I guess it's late afternoon early evening he's he's gone into the front room she's nipped off to the kitchen to make him a sandwich thinking Bit, you know, a bit of grub. I mean, I'm very similar to Dave in this aspect. When I've been drinking, once I eat, I pass out. Yeah. That's just the way, you know. She's gone and got Dave a sandwich. She's come back into the front ring to find him stood there, hands on his hips, watching the TV, just taking a piss on the front room carpet. Jesus. Um, <laughs> and this story now he's put here is his mum's words, because he can't remember this. So this is how his mum tells him the tale. Uh, mum said... I asked you what in the hell you thought you were doing. <laughs> and Dave apparently responded, I'm having a piss. You see you next Tuesday. What does, what does it look like? As he carried on pissing all over the front room. He then wow. sat down, bare, bare butted, bare, bare bollocked, bare arsed on the floor, eating the sandwich that she made him. <laughs> And took himself off to bed um, as punishment. He, even though he was, you know, of uh, older than eighteen, but still he's living under somebody else's roof. He had his keys took away. He was effectively locked in the house for two days because, you know, they were concerned he had a problem. And you know, whether it's a mental problem or a drinking problem or a combination of both, they were probably right on both cases here. Um, he managed to sneak out again in that time to go for a quick pint over the road at the same pub. Um, to which he got out of hand. His mum returned home again to find that he had sneaked out and then managed to get back in the house and was actually stood on the top of the stairs, weighing down the staircase before falling face first down the stairs himself and sleeping at the bottom in the hallway. Oh, my good Lord. Yeah. This then led, I think this is one of the incidents that then led to what Dave's parents referred to as weekend rules, which meant if he's, if he's ever going out for a drink with certain people, and sadly my name was on that list, um, his parents would say to him weekend rules when he left the house, and he basically meant you're not allowed back in until you're sober. Yeah. So, yeah. Or till Monday. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. But that's the kind of little insight into one of my best friends and the escapades that we had growing up around Gloucester at that time. So yeah, good fun, mate. All good fun. All good fun. Unless you're the parents, of course. Yeah. And some amazing and yet terrifying stories yet again. Uh, I weep for our listeners. <laughs> well, they <that's>... are. <laughs> They're brutal. Yeah. Absolutely exactly. brutal. And I suppose yeah. on, the, on the other side of that, we're a bit brutal back. I mean, on this episode already, you've given instructions on, on how to smoke weed in a certain way. <laughs> that uh, is very true. And I've admitted to stalking some heartless bastard in Turin. You yeah. know, so it's... <laughs> I mean, and that isn't even the end of, of the, the the tales that we got. Uh, one that I, I knew you wouldn't uh, mention, so I'm definitely going to. Um, uh, a very valued uh, listener... Uh, one Sharon Powell oh, at Christ. Shar <laughs> underscore Powell uh, has wrote in, and uh, she uh, only only gives a little bit of a, a tidbit of information, but it makes absolutely lots of sense uh, when you listen to the rest of this episode in context. She puts, uh, "I once picked up this drunken idiot, and I haven't been able to get rid of him since." 
12 years and counting, sad face, gritted <laughs> teeth, straight face, uh, crying eyes and marger. Oh, that would be my far better half. Sharon is my <laughs> wife. And yeah, I mean, basically, I've I, I known Sharon when I was 16, I think we first met. Um, uh, I, was, I think I was seeing one of her friends and, and, and whatever. And then we parted ways and didn't see each other for many years. And then we happened to bump into each other one day, exchange numbers. We're just messaging back and forth. I went up town, got annihilated, was walking back home and just thought, I'll give her a ring and see what she's up to in my drunken state. And she was actually awake and said, oh, I'll, I'll come pick you up if you want. Cause it was raining. And I was walking home. Yeah. So she literally jumped in her car in her, in her jammers and dressing gown and drove up to come, it was like three o'clock in the morning and I'm walking down one of the main main roads in Gloucester. She came and picked me up, um, gave me a lift and um, then I helped her move into a new house that she was she was going into that weekend and I basically never moved out. So yeah, 12 years later, here we are. So she's, she is literally right. She picked me up and hasn't got rid of me since. And, you know, she, she's subtly trying. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that to me sounds like an absolute match made in heaven. It's a, a, a brilliant tale of, of love. Um, you should be very, very proud. <laughs> oh, I don't know about that, mate. I don't know about that. She, she would argue greatly with that. She literally would say she can't get rid of me, especially now we've got, now we've got kids to get rid of. That's it. I've got the claws in now. I ain't going nowhere. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You've, you've punched well above your weight and you're staying there. Exactly. Love you, Sharon. And, oh. and something I haven't done for a, a, a while, um, and I suppose it, it's very apropos to do it now, uh, and I'll give Sharon the, the complimentary get to fuck. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> Great stuff. Oh. Hello, brother. This is NWA WCW Enhancement Talent, Randy Hogan, baby. Being in the ring with the Road Warriors, Vader, Abdul the Butcher, Midnight Express and all them guys. Let me tell you, it was dang rough. But not as rough as listening to Cyan Mags on that chain wrestling show, brother. What you gonna do when this pair of fools, Cy Mags and chain wrestling, brother, runs wild on you? Shall we talk some wrestling, Mags? Yes, let's. <laughs> and it's good wrestling, isn't it? It's good wrestling. It was actually fucking incredible wrestling. It oh. was so good. I knew it was good wrestling. Okay. I knew both options were good wrestling. Don't get me wrong. Both options on the pole this week, I thought were excellent. And I was happy with either or winning. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I, I did kind of want my one to win because I, I thought I've seen the WrestleMania 10 match over and over and over again. Yeah. So I was kind of hoping ECW would win so we could talk about something lesser seen, I guess. Yeah. Um, but when this won, I was like, okay, it's still a great match, no problem. I watched it back um, a few hours ago uh, when, what, when the kids were at school and so on. And again, going in, knowing it was a good match, fine. But I'd forgotten just how bloody good this was. Yeah. It's, it's, it, I think it got a five-star rating from Dave. Uh and I think even now with uh, the, the scale that being broken and and the amount of technical wrestling that you get now and, the, and the, the amazing skill that these wrestlers have nowadays, this still stands out as an incredibly good match, a, a clinic of a match. 
without a doubt, without a doubt. I mean, a little bit of context for everyone. Then I suppose we'll we'll, uh, we'll give give the subject away. I guess um, we the, the chain took us to WrestleMania ten, which mm-hmm. was March twentieth, nineteen ninety four, in Madison Square Garden. And the opening contest of that pay-per-view, which was Bret Hart versus his brother Owen Hart, um, an absolute barnstormer of a contest. Uh, I suppose we should probably go into a little bit of a bit of context as to why the two brothers were wrestling each other. Mags, do you want to cover that? Or yeah, absolutely. So um, if we go to the previous uh, Survivor Series, uh, the the Hart family had uh, a match. Um, and Owen was the only uh, member of the Hart family that, that got eliminated in, a, in this traditional Survivor Series-style match, uh, and he put a lot of the blame on uh, being distracted by Brett, who was uh, who was kayfabe injured in the match. Uh, he uh, he uh, was running the ropes, running to Brett, Brett distracts him, Owen gets rolled up and he's eliminated. So after the Hearts win and everybody's celebrating, Owen comes back to the ring and starts a little bit of a tussle with Brett, a bit of a pushing and shoving contest. A um, couple of weeks later, we see uh, Owen with a sit-down interview uh, where he's, uh, I think it's with, with Vince McMahon, actually, and he's he's uh, really kind of like putting across that he, he's sick of being in Brett's shadow, uh, that he wants to break out and prove who is the better wrestler. So he challenges Brett to a wrestling match. Um, we then cut to a, a Brett interview where he says, I will never wrestle my brother. Uh, family is family, uh, and I'm not willing to sacrifice that for, for anything. Then we get the kind of uh, the makeup uh, where the, the, the team are on the same page. Um, then we uh, get to the Royal Rumble, and uh, this is another event where Brett's pulling double duty. Him and Owen have a match against the Quebecers, who they were in a, the Hearts were in a bit of a feud with, uh, and then obviously the Rumble match that we'll we'll get to in a in a minute. But uh, as the match uh, with the the tag match with the Quebecers is going on, um, Owen ditches. Brett leaves Brett leaves Brett, uh, Brett laying, uh, and then after after the match, kicks uh, Brett's leg out of his leg, uh, <laughs> and and basically reignites the feud that had been brewing since the previous November. Brett goes on to uh, to uh, win the Royal Rumble, or sorry, call win the Royal Rumble with Lex Luger, uh, which meant that he would have a WrestleMania title shot. But the the stipulation was because uh, both of the uh, both him and Lex had won that they would both basically pull double duty that night. Uh, there was a, a coin toss, and the winner would get the opportunity to face the the current WWF champion Yokozuna first, and the the loser would then have to uh, have a match with uh, a set opponent. So for Lex, I think his uh, opponent was Crush. And for for Brett, his opponent was Owen. Uh, Lex wins the wins the uh, coin toss. Lex to go first, so that meant that we got Owen versus Bret Hart opening the show. Uh, so that's where we're at now. Uh, Owen uh, wanted to kind of like put um, to put Brett out before he gets his opportunity at a, a title match later on in the show. Yeah, did Lex wrestle Crush? He wrestled Joko, didn't he? 
He wrestled your. I mean, it was the the most ridiculous pick in the history of of sports. For me, if you had the <laughs> if you had the opportunity to wrestle for the world title and you won the Tony Cost, you would never take the champion on first. It made absolutely no sense. You would clearly want uh, whoever you're going up against, or uh, Brett or Yorkshire, to be to be knackered. Yeah, going into the next match. Uh, so why would you not have them wrestle first and then you get to to pick off at the bones of whoever the winner is? Um, yeah, so it was a ridiculous pick by Lex and um, he absolutely deserved to, to not win because of that. Yeah, what a plank. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the pay-per-view... Um, it, it's, it's 10 years in the making, isn't it? Going back to Madison Square Garden with WrestleMania. Um, a pay-per-view starts with a video package about it being 10 years in the making. Uh, and to me, they're kind of making Hogan, because obviously he's departed by now. They're making yeah. Hogan look like the old dudes, the old guy. And yeah. Brett and Luger are very much the the new faces of, of the company. Um, and then we cut to Vince McMahon introducing... Um, what well, like I said in the previous episode, Johnny B. Bad here miming to America the Beautiful, and um, Vince's hair though, man, you could sleep on that, couldn't you? It's like a, it's like a little fluffy cloud on top of his head. Did you notice that? It's it's lovely. Yeah, and this was in the kind of period where not everybody was aware that Vince was the owner, so he did a lot of uh, the commentary and and the introduction stuff. Uh, this was classic for me, Vince Man. I love this Vince McMahon, the the person who's like brings you into the paper, who really gets you excited for it. Uh, like he used to do it for Royal Rumbles, uh, Survivor Series, and WrestleManias. Uh, and yeah, I, I, I harken back to those days when uh, when I was a uh, a, a fan who didn't know a lot about what happens backstage and and kind of like the 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 stuff that that we didn't know about then it was more of an entertainment than it is now I suppose. Yeah, I miss days like that to be honest, Max. Where you just yeah. sort of you don't. I mean, I don't try and overanalyze anything, but I suppose you naturally do. As someone who who talks about wrestling on 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 podcasts and. Uh, I suppose I, I write a little bit or have done in the past, haven't done for, for quite a while, to be fair. Um, I end up, I suppose, sometimes overanalyzing stuff. And <laughs> I mean, that's a shame. I don't get to watch it just as a fan anymore, you know? No, I understand. I totally, totally understand. And I'm I'm in exactly the same position. I, I can't remember the last time I watched a wrestling show without subconsciously critiquing it. Yeah, yeah, it's a shame. I wish there was a way of us just kind of, switching off yeah 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 or, or even just getting rid of that 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 side or, or when that moment happened when we twigged and mm-hmm. we just go back to being you know In that never happened yeah, yeah yeah i mean okay i, I suppose uh, we'll throw it out there just on the off chance marco if you're listening <laughs> right if we can get a message to dr sam beckett and he leaps into the uk uh, when me and mags were little we can get him to change that and then you know we can go back to watching wrestling just as fans mags couldn't we that would be awesome. Yeah. Do yeah. that for us, Marco. Pay Come us on, back for, for, for being ignorant to poor Simon. Exactly. Now, now, if Marco has managed to get that done, if he's listened to this and it's happened, this podcast will just stop now because obviously it's changed <laughs> our timeline, Max, so we won't be recording a podcast together, okay? Uh, yeah, that is so that's true. Just, okay, we'll Marco, we're counting on you. We're counting on you. Ready, Marco?
wanker. Fucking god damn it, Marco! Right, okay. Um, something else I noticed as well. Owen was introduced, I think if I heard it correctly, heavier than Brett. That surprised me. Really? Do you think? I mean, he, he always looked quite stocky. He always had... Uh, um, his, his leg muscles were a lot bigger than Brett's. Uh, his, I thought his chest was always a lot bigger than Brett's. So, yeah, um, I would have said that that was fairly accurate. No, I don't know. Yeah, how you've explained it there makes absolutely perfect sense. But I don't know why, but I always just assumed, I don't know if it's the little brother thing or, yeah, or what, but I just... That. Yeah, I just always pictured Owen being much well, lighter. Yeah. yeah. I don't know why. There's something else as well that I noticed as well, watch, watching back. And this is a weird one, because I've seen, again, I, I said the other week when, when you put this excellent match forward, Max is one of the choices. I had a video cassette of this pay-per-view, and virtually wore it out. It's one of the tapes, along with King of the Ring 93, SummerSlam 89, and so on, that I played to death. Um it wasn't until I watched today, and this is ridiculous, but you know the, 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 the sort of metal crowd barriers they have around the outside of the ring mm-hmm. to stop the fans. Now it's like a black sort of thing with crash marks. Yeah, yeah. the form, yeah. Yeah, they saw these metal fences, didn't they? Yeah. Like these sort of silver or grey metal. They're gold here. WrestleMania time, they had a big gold X on the doors. Yeah, yeah, I saw the X, of course, yeah. But I never realised in all these years watching this event since 1994 when it first came out i never noticed that they were gold and today it was literally one of those moments sat watching and i went huh look at that well i mean i knew that i, I remember them being gold i don't remember uh whether it being a, a huge thing but yeah now you now you mention it um i don't remember any of the time that I, I, uh, i've seen gold um, fencing uh, around the the ringside. So yeah, I, I wonder if it was just because it was the tenth WrestleMania, kind of like the the anniversary almost. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Just weird. I never noticed it before. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you mentioned the um, the the big gold X at the entrance. That's cool, isn't it? The way it slides open and shut, and yeah. the camera sort of is looking down the entrance where Madison Square Garden. I like that. That's good. Yeah, it's it's. I've I've always like enjoyed the the Madison Square Gardens um, um, setup. Uh, like I've like I've mentioned to you before, uh, one of my favourite uh, Rumble um, uh, events was at Madison Square Garden because you could see the the who was coming in next, and you didn't need those ridiculous camera changes. Uh, the Kevin Dunn specials where he flicked from camera to camera, so you don't miss any action, but you can still see who's who's uh, coming down the aisle. Yeah, yeah, you're spot on, mate. You're spot on, and it's quite tight as well, isn't it? It's quite narrow, mm-hmm. and the fans lean over, and yeah, yeah, yeah it looks great. It looks great. Um, okay, we, well, we got to the actual match itself. What were your what were your initial thoughts, then, mate? Looking back, and in however many years it's been since you've seen this, yeah, like I said earlier, it, it's a clinic. It's an absolute clinic of a wrestling match. Some uh, really good counter wrestling uh, to to start with. Owen playing the heel uh, with uh, taking uh, Brett down with uh, with the hair and stuff like that, um, and then the way the kind of roles almost reverse with uh, Brett uh, lamping uh, uh, Owen with a, a punch when he attempts the the the, the sh- uh, sharpshooter later on in the match. I just thought it was really classic old school style wrestling that 
the the two of them never missed a beat. You can tell that these two have have uh, have wrestled each other for years. I mean, I think this is the only time we see them in uh, singles action. Uh, on a on a big event like uh, like WrestleMania, um, but you can tell that these have, have basically grown up wrestling each other. It was it was flawless wrestling. It was so so good, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. I mean, Owen is brilliant here. The, the the sort of facial expressions and the snarls at the camera, proper like you said, playing the heel, being the nasty little bastard. I guess. Yeah. Um. Th- there's a brilliant suplex of a bridge, um, a tombstone power driver from him as well. Yeah. Um an awesome leg drop. I mean, it's something as simple as a leg drop, but he makes it look so brilliant, which I suppose is a testament to, to how talented the guy is when he's doing a move that I suppose you see very, very regular, but it stands out as looking brilliant, even though it's a move that you see regular, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, talk about that, that tombstone power driver. The fact it was a, a counter for a tilt a well, uh, style backbreaker into the, the, the tombstone. It was so, so crisp. Everything that they did was Chris. There was no wasted movement. Uh, they knew how to turn the heat up and then bring the the, the energy level down. Really take the the fans on on a proper journey. We got a lot more uh, uh, selling of the the leg, which was a, a brilliant story all the way through this this feud. Um, yeah, I just loved going back to to watch this. It was a a very good pick by me. I've got to say. It was a very good pick by you, indeed. It was. <laughs> um, Owen does the, I suppose, the sort of Brett bump, I guess, where he hits the the, the turnbuckle's chest first and it makes that horrible noise and you think, how yeah. the hell has he not hurt himself here? Yeah. Owen does it during this match, which is, I thought, a really nice touch that Brett is sending somebody else into the corner and they take that hit or that bump instead of him, I guess. Yeah, it's it, the 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 callbacks are just absolutely brilliant. Uh, there was a there was one point with a I think it was a Owen who did a a, a belly to back kind of like German suplex almost. Uh, it was so beautiful the way he landed. Uh, I I felt that that must have hurt Brett because of it was just so so powerful. Uh, these guys are just absolutely amazing. Uh, we get uh, all Owen's classics in uh, uh going for the sharpshooter, which the, the reversals in the sharpshooter was, were brilliant as well. Both of them uh, uh, escaping the sharpshooter. Brett tries to roll into his own sharpshooter and then Owen uh, escapes that one. I just thought this was a, a superb match. Yeah. Without a doubt, I'd strongly suggest anyone who's not seen it go and check it out. It is absolutely brilliant. Um, some of the stuff they do as well just looks so stiff, doesn't it? So, mm-hmm. I mean, there's a moment where Brett's led on his side, um, underneath the bottom rope, sort of facing out of the ring, and Owen's literally just stamping and kicking him. But you can see the contact. You can see Brett's skin and and flesh. I suppose not one saying gory. It's not a horror film, but you can see it rippling where he's being basically yeah. booted around by his kid brother proper putting that uh putting some stank on it yeah exactly exactly it's crazy um ultimately uh owen wins the contest and again even that was a brilliant piece of wrestling wasn't it max with, mm-hmm. with brett going for a victory roll i think it's called isn't it yeah and owen kind of hooks the legs on the way through and, and gets the clean pinfall victory um just so so good um so real so so fantastic so sharp and smooth 
and just everything about it was so clean and, and fluid and just I cannot honestly sing the praises of this match enough. It was just fantastic. Yeah, and and even though uh, nowadays we we look at these two as two of the best that's ever done it in the history of of wrestling, uh, none of them uh, came out of this match looking any worse because of how good of a match it, it was. Obviously, we know that that uh, Brett goes on to to win the the world title later on in the show. Uh, and and Owen's always going to have that kind of that uh, one up on on Brett that he he was able to beat who would have become the the world champion. But yeah, it's such a good match uh, as as crisp a match between two brothers that you'll probably ever see. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, something that wasn't as clean and smooth and excellent was that big blob of spit in the corner of Owen's mouth. <laughs> From he, he, I feel sorry for the guy because he's had two really important, I suppose, after match promos or after match interviews or, or moments. One at the Rumble where he's 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 turned on his brother and this is his moment and it's real real sort of well filmed, um, uh, well filmed segment because Brett's being carried out mm-hmm. and as he, uh, and but above the door he's trying to get trying to go through that he's being carried towards. Above that is the screen showing Owen's interview so yeah. i thought that was really well put together at the rumble and he, he sort of fumbles his lines a little bit as mags lent towards earlier by saying <laughs> he kicked his leg out of his leg um and then on this one he's beaten his brother he's got the big the big victory which is going to lead to him having title matches later in the year main eventing SummerSlam of this year against yeah. his brother when his brother's already won the title and all I can focus on, I mean, Owen wasn't a strong promo anyway, but I think he does okay here. You know, I think he does all right, considering it's it's not something he's particularly strong at. Yeah, I mean, all there's, I can... a, there's a, f- a few points where he repeats himself uh, a couple of times to, to get the point across, but um, yeah, it was it was a lot better than the kick your leg out your leg prom, uh, promo that he did. Yeah, but all I can focus on is this big blob of spit. Very white spit as well. Yeah, like the foamy spit, isn't it? When you've been playing football and need a drink. Yeah, you know, very much that. Yeah, but he's 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 got it there after he pins his brother, and he's gone backstage, and then there's a bit of time before the camera actually goes to him and Todd Pettingale, wasn't it? Yep, it was with the the one earring, cool as fuck. Yeah, that's 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 a great look. <laughs> and I'm I'm thinking they've had time. Why didn't someone tell him? Oh, Owen, mate. Hey fella, just just wipe the chops a little bit, pal. Yeah, you know, I mean, Todd Pettingale, especially, he stood right next to the dude. Get him to wipe his bloody mouth, man. He had a hanky in his tuck. He could have easily just like slid it him. Yeah, like like a parent, like you know, oh come here, mate, and give him, give him his lips <laughs> a little it first. Yeah, give his yeah, just like a little dab and wiping it off. You want telly, you silly sausage? Come here, <laughs> you know. Yeah, that, I mean, film that bit. That bit would have been brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, poor Owen. Hi. Okay, I suppose that uh, that brings us to the end of the match, mate, doesn't it? And, and everything that went on in, in that brilliant twenty minutes or so of um, a WrestleMania opener. Absolutely fantastic stuff. And it's. 20 minutes not wasted at all. Um, nowadays, some matches, if they go 20 minutes, you think, yeah, they could have shared five, five, ten minutes off that. Uh, with this, it it perfectly filled that 20 minutes. You don't feel that it's gone on too long. It's just, 
it's over way before you even realize it yeah yeah a couple of quick questions for you then mags that literally just popped in my head then um today i watched aw revolution with my daughter as i as i explained earlier on mm-hmm I think, and obviously before she came from school, I watched this match for the purpose of this show. Mm-hmm. I think this match is the best match I've seen today. Okay, interesting. So that make, that puts it above anything on Revolution. What are your thoughts? I, I would agree. Um, I thought that uh, Sheeda versus Rio was a really, really good match. Uh, but if we're comparing matches that will stand out, uh, it, this one would definitely stand out a lot longer, and it clearly has stood out a lot longer than than perhaps uh, Rio and Shida, or Shida will. So yeah, mm. I agree with that. Okay, and secondly, this is the huh, secondly I say this is the second time we've visited this pay per view. This is the second time the chain has took us through WrestleMania mm-hmm. ten. The first one for the incredible Shawn Michaels Razor Ramon ladder match a Correct. few episodes ago. Um, I think it was entitled Bear Bum Elbow, that episode, if anyone wants to go back and have a listen. Uh, you can only have one, Mags. Which one are you going with? That one or this one? Oh, that's a twat of a pick. <laughs> oh, that. I mean, for for technical wrestling, this this match we've just watched wins hands down because it's obviously not a ladder match. Um... But the fact that that ladder match is so iconic and it, it paved the way for so many other ladder matches and, and even other gimmick matches that, that uh, people knew they could innovate using these uh, inanimate objects. Oh, mm. I've got to go with a ladder match. I've yeah. got to. It, mean, it means way more in like the annals of wrestling history, I think. See, I, I think that I agree with you there. I think that I've got to go with the ladder match as well, just because I've always been... Sean's always been my guy. Sean Michaels has always been my favourite. So I think there's just that slight edge there. Um, but if I, if I was forced to pick one, I would pick the ladder match, but it doesn't mean that this match is any any less no, enjoyable. In terms of wrestling, it's it's better than the ladder match. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can uh, I think the ladder match got four and a half stars according to Uncle Dave um, or four and three quarters even uh, so it, it this opener has, has definitely shaded it uh, in terms of reigns and I would I would agree with that but I think uh, historically the ladder match has way more significance um, I, I would say that perhaps this this match with uh, Owen and Brett may be the best opener of a of a wrestlemania that there's ever been yeah i agree i i I was racking my brains the other night um looking at openers at wrestlemania funnily enough um for something that'll pop up at some stage in the future no doubt um and i couldn't think of one better so i mean for me uh, we'll, we'll go to the ratings now um i'm i can't remember what i gave michael's razor i think it was a nine out of ten mm-hmm. so from that premise i'm gonna give this a nine out of ten as well same. I can't. I can't yeah. split the two. So yeah. Uh, I, I, again, I'm like I can't remember what I give it, uh, but uh, I don't want to say that this is a perfect match uh, because I always want to leave a little bit of room for for something else to come along and, and kind of blow me away. But yeah, I'm more than happy going nine out of ten with this. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And what I'll do as well is between now and next week, I'll actually go back and put together 
where we've been so far and the ratings we've gave it and knock it up in a little sheet of spreadsheet. spreadsheet. Yeah. Um, I know know I'm shit with technology and all that, right? But I know how to use a spreadsheet, man, because I got taught at work once. So I'm not that up. (laughs) (laughs) At least then we've got it, because we're, what, now, 15, 16 episodes in? So I suppose we should should really sort of keep tabs on what we're doing, I guess. Try to be a bit more professional on my end, potentially. So... (laughs) Okay then, mate. Where do you want to go next? Do you want to go first or second? Uh, Why break a tradition? I will definitely go first. Um, So this uh, this match was brother versus brother, sibling versus sibling. Um, There's been probably dozens of uh of brother versus brother matches uh in in the history of wrestling it's it's kind of like a uh, a well used trope uh that you have uh, brothers who uh, are kind of not on the same uh, uh hymn sheet and uh, and there's a fallout uh, there's there's always that kind of like jealousy between families um so it, it's something that we see quite often but what we don't see often is sisters falling out and farting especially oh, hang on hang on i've seen loads of videos of sisters rolling around and fighting me <laughs> there's a site i'll send you a link okay <laughs> in the in context of of actual professional wrestling then oh, i will well, not, i no, will add that context that. <laughs> um you don't see a lot of sisters uh falling out and decided to air their differences in the medium of a pro wrestling match in fact, there's only one that I can think of, and I'm I'm happy to be uh, corrected by our our amazing listeners. Uh, but I want to uh, continue this family thread, so I'm going to go with uh, two sisters that are uh, inextricably linked in wrestling. Uh, that, for my knowledge, only had this one singles match. So I'm going to go back to 2014. Hell in a Cell, I'm going for Nikki Bella versus Brie Bella. Why? Why? Okay. <laughs> That's quite, quite... A come down. Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. Let me just make a quick note to that. Um, Bella Twins, Hell in a Cell. Was it Hell in a Cell match, the two of them? It was a, just a standard singles match. I don't think it was... It oh, was, okay. It wasn't the Hell in a Cell match, but... Okay, so it was from Hell in a Cell. Yes. 2014. Mm-hmm. And Bella Twins. Okay. Okay, I, I'll tell you what, I can't remember that. I mean, I was... This was well in my checked out of, of watching wrestling period. So it will certainly be a new one for me. A lot of stuff I've gone back and watched uh, after I've, I got back into wrestling, but this is not a match that uh, that I've... Watch or at least I remember watching, so it'll be interesting to to go and rewatch it. And for context, you mean you? I'm saying the Bellas, and instantly you think, "Oh, that's going to be shit," uh, because they're not known as the best wrestlers in the world. But Shagger Dave gave it three and a quarter stars, so there must be something there to watch. I think they do get a bit of a rough ride, you know. I think you know. <laughs> Okay, they're sort of coming to, they're at the end of the era when it was about looks as opposed to in ring quality, I guess. Everyone knows what I'm referring to there with regards to, 
you know the divas and so on but they they had some good matches i think uh, as part of a team or individually i think they did some good stuff so yeah that could be interesting to watch i mean i know one vote you'll definitely be getting is from um, my eldest daughter anya who who contacts the show quite a bit she's a big nikki bella fan she will no doubt be voting for your selection no matter what mags so that's one vote for definite um i'm going to take a slightly different path though my friend okay i'm going to go following the wrestlemania theme i think and um here we've got uh two super super talented individuals both from canada obviously both brothers both from the same place both from canada um which is you know great to see a, a big international presence at wrestlemania you've had rusev who is um well he's got the bulgarian flag on his arm so i'm guessing that's where he's from um you've had the bushwhackers who are from new zealand they wrestled at wrestlemania um but in 1991 mags you had someone who was an iraqi sympathizer wrestling at wrestlemania and what we needed wasn't a canadian we needed a real american match to save (laughs) the world and thank god the immortal hulk hogan doing that for us at wrestlemania 7 but we're not going to do that but I'll tell you what I'll tell you you what we're very 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 close (laughs) very very close it's going to happen we're going to make Mags watch that horrible match but my real link this week my real link is again using this Wrestlemania but more so somebody else who was on the card we have uh, we have Doink the Clown in the very next match now, Doink the Klein, his, uh, I suppose the person portraying him was Matt Bourne in the early days. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was a very, very talented wrestler. A very, very talented wrestler. Um, eventually, his substance uh, issues got the better of him. He ends up leaving and other people took the doink mask or face paint over. I think Steve Kern, who went on to be Skinner. Um, Ray Apollo, I think was one. Yeah. Yeah. But nobody ever quite got it. That, that sort of giggly, smiley clown. And then when the music changed to the evil behind his eyes, when he went nasty and sinister, uh, yeah. it was quite a fat born. Who's obviously, you know, is no longer with us now, which is a big shame. Um, I'd like to look at a Matt Bourne match. Um, he's still in the guise of Doink the Clown. And I'd like to have a look. A similar sort of era, I guess, a little bit before WrestleMania 10 we're looking at here. I'd like to go back to an episode of Raw, the 21st of June, 1993. And we have Doink the Clown versus Marty Jannetty. Um, I believe it was a two out of three falls match, randomly. Um but that's what I would like to go and have a look at because it got, uh, I've probably seen it, um, but it got very high ratings online and it is talked about uh, as a great raw moment from back in the day. So a little bit of a a old school raw, a little bit of a random with Doink the Clown and Marty Jannetty, but I thought that could be something a bit different. Shake it up a little bit, Mags. Yeah. Sounds uh, interesting. I mean, I agree with you that Matt Bourne is probably the best, uh, version of Doink, like you said, he, he played that evil clown um, so brilliantly. Um, yeah, and I don't remember this match, but uh, yeah, let's do it. 
Well, if it wins the vote, obviously. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I mean, I'm just having a little look now to make sure I've got all the details correct. We have, yeah, Doink versus Marty Gennetti, the 21st of the 6th, 1993. And on Cage Match, it's rated at 7.3 out of 10. So, could be a decent watch. Um, But at the same time, the Bellas rated, was it, 3.5 out of 5 by Dave Meltzer? Again, could be a very good watch. So, that's two, two matches there that I think could be quite entertaining for different reasons, mate. Correct. Uh, it's up to you, the the loyal listeners. Are we watching uh, the Bellas or are we watching two clowns? <laughs> exactly, exactly. The poll will be up on the Chain Wrestling Twitter account. Um, when this episode comes out, the, the poll is the next tweet in the thread. It's always attached afterwards, and that's at Chain underscore Wrestling. Uh, Magsy, my friend, where can people find you? Okay, so on the social medias, I only have one place, and that is Twitter, at DAJ Kirkby. Uh, there, you can come and uh, get involved in any conversations that I'm in. I love uh, I love the, the chat, uh, but you can also find links to uh, all the content that I am involved in. And it's well worth checking out. Okay, uh, you can find me at SJP Words. And once more, your options for where we go next week, the next link in the chain. We have Nikki Bella versus Brie Bella from the Hell in a Cell 2014 pay-per-view. Or we have Doink McLean versus Marty Jannetty from an episode of Raw in the summer of 1993. Okay, um, that's all going to be on chain at chain underscore wrestling. Um, I'm off now to waterproof my front room in case Dave pops round. Uh, <laughs> Mr. Mags, I will speak to you next week, my friend. You certainly will. Goodbye. Bye-bye. <laughs>